Ladies, ladies, you don't have to wait for someone else to show enthusiasm for you. You can do that for yourself. We can do that together. Welcome to the Cup of Glow podcast. I'm your host, Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva, and I have the t-shirt to prove it. The Cup of Glow podcast seeks to entertain, inform, and inspire you through serial stories and discussions prompting you, the milestone diva in our midst, to own your power. When was your last wellness check with your family practitioner? What did you learn from it? Our guest today, Dr. William Moore, specializes in integrative family medicine at Tallahassee Primary Care Associates. Dr. Morse was born in Orlando, Florida. His father was in the Navy, so Dr. Morse grew up traveling up and down the East Coast. When his father retired from the Navy, Dr. Morse served a mission for his church in Sao Paulo, Brazil, from 1981 to 1983. While attending Florida State University, he met his wife, Janet, who grew up in Tallahassee, Florida. Dr. Morse joined the Navy after FSU and again moved up and down the East Coast, including going from Pensacola, Florida to Iceland and back to Tallahassee, where he left the Navy in 2000. He has four daughters and eight grandchildren. He enjoys distance running with his daughters and is a weather enthusiast. Wow, Dr. Morse, there are so many facets to you beyond the white coat, yet so much is full of service to others. Full disclosure for our listeners, Dr. Morse has been my family practitioner for about 20 years. Before we go any further, as a proud Navy mom, I must say thank you for your service. Thanks. Now, let's start with your mission in Sao Paulo. How did that experience shape your life? Well, um, as a uh, as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, we, uh, as young men, were expected to go on missions. Not everybody does, but that was something that I've been looking forward to since I was a little kid, and so it was something I really wanted to do. But it's um, and some people say oh, that's crazy to send nineteen year old boys out on their own to uh, to try to teach the gospel and all that kind of stuff. But it's the perfect time because. That's a great time as a young man to learn to serve other people and to learn a new language and to uh, learn what it is to talk to the Lord and hear what he wants you to do and and that kind of stuff. So it was a great thing for me. I came back uh, much more mature than I had when I left. Uh, it kind of set my it kind of set my feet on a, uh, on a service kind of a oriented uh, lifestyle. Well, I'm glad that happened because you're my favorite doctor. Maybe you're my only doctor. No, you're not, but you're my favorite doctor. Can you converse in Portuguese? 
I can. It's not easy. Um, uh, when you, unless you use a language frequently, uh, you end up losing it. My, um, one of my daughters also served a mission in Brazil. It wasn't in Sao Paulo, but, um, when we went to go pick her up, I, um, I had a hard time even understanding the lady when she said, just go out to the van back out on the back. Uh, it was embarrassing. It was really hard for me to kind of get what was going on. Once we got together with Anna, it was much easier because then she could speak like she'd lived there all her life. But within about three or four days, I was actually able to hold a conversation. If it was non-pressured in a quiet environment, um, I actually had a good conversation with, uh, with, uh, her mission president, um, just the two of us. And I could just pick what words I was going to use and which phrases. If I couldn't figure out how to say it that way, I could say it another way. So it works. So, um, the, there's words of Portuguese that I know really well, but, um, there's a lot I don't, that I can't remember. And even just five years ago when I went to go pick up Anna in Brazil, it was, it, it's gone a lot from that too, but it would be there. If I went back, I could get it. I'm not going to ask you about the bad words. Usually that's what people learn first. Right, but as a missionary, we didn't learn those. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No. Not even to recognize them if somebody was hurling them at you. That's probably that's, true, yeah. I wouldn't, uh, my companion who might have been Brazilian would look at me and go, do you know what that means? I'd probably go, no. No. It's, it's like, good. <laughs> it's better that way. Yeah, right. In addition to the U.S., COVID-19 has been devastating for Brazil. It has. Yeah. What are your connections now, if any, to Brazil and that experience? I don't know any people there. When I was there as a missionary, I wasn't doing. I wasn't involved in medicine at all. I'd been. Uh, I had a couple years of college uh, and had not been to med school, so I don't have a lot of people that I know down there. Uh, it's been so long, um, and in fact, when we went back to go uh, pick up Anna from her mission, it was. The, everything was so changed. I didn't recognize anything in, the, in some of the old cities I went to. So uh, I don't have a lot of connections. I do have a couple patients who are from uh, Brazil. And um, so sometimes I can talk to them about how things are going. But I don't know much about uh, that from the, from the world point of view, from the COVID point of view. We haven't had a lot of conversations about that. Yeah, it's just sad all around. It but is, all over the world. It seems we're making progress. Slow, mm. but we're making progress. Here in Leon County, we're doing really well. Yes, we are. Yeah. That's one plus for being in a smaller city. I agree. How did you decide that medicine was the path for you? Hmm. Interesting. So when I was eight years old, I decided I wanted to be a doctor. Oh. And, um, and you know, a lot of people want to be a doctor when they're eight years old. And my parents just thought, well, he'll grow out of it. But I didn't. Uh, as I came up through elementary school, I found that I liked math and science and that's a good thing when you're going to be a doctor. So, and then as I was going to college, it just fit really well. It, it, I've got to say it really is a calling. It's, I feel like it's God's work that I'm doing and, and I approach it that way and he helps me and I recognize it when he helps me and I make sure I give him credit for it. And, um, and so with it being God's work, it just, my feet just kept being led down that path and it was just the right thing to do. So. Well, what is integrative medicine? So integrative medicine, I mean, there's a lot of ways that people talk about integrative medicine. Uh, a lot of people, in a lot of people's mind, integrative medicine means anything that's alternative. If it's alternative, they're all for it. That's not exactly what I do. Um, I took the term from Dr. Andrew Weil, W-E-I-L, 
who's my guru in alternative medicine, his way, when he talks about integrative medicine, he's talking about mind, body, spirit approach to things, very holistic. Um, and so, yes, I, my favorite pain reliever is ginger root. And, uh, I do glucosamine when I'm doing long distance running, or if somebody, uh, has a cold, my secret seven things has a couple of natural things in it, but you know, it doesn't mean that I do tons and tons of alternative things. If there's stuff that's alternative, I'm all for it. But I also caution people that there's a lot of things we don't know. So I'm not a big fan of people taking a lot of vitamins unless they have a need for them. So integrated medicine very much, though, is when we talk about, for example, when I talk to people about health, I talk about the three kinds of health, physical, sp mental, and spiritual. And we talk about what those mean and how they interact with each other. And so when I'm talking to somebody who's really stressed out and they're coming to me because they're depressed or anxious, I might be ready to give them an antidepressant to try to help them with that. But I'm also talking to them about, okay, I can give you this antidepressant and it's going to make you feel better. And, it will, and you'll feel better as long as you take it because it's actually fixing the problem. But if you don't fix the stress in your life, it's going to overwhelm this antidepressant. And you're going to be coming back to me in a few years going, man, this isn't working anymore. It must have, must have worn off. No, it hasn't worn off. You haven't fixed your problems yet. And uh, so we talk about stress. So that's an example of integrated medicine, making sure that you're dealing with the stressors that are going on in your life and by using what I call spiritual medicine, which are things that bring you closer to your source of peace in your life. And, you know, people kind of nod. And sometimes I see people going, yeah, 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 give me the medicine, you know. But, um, but I do tell them this is something that's going to come back to haunt you if you don't start working on it. And it's not easy to do that. If it was easy, they would have done it long before they came to see me. So it's a hard thing, but I do kind of keep coming back to that to try to help them with that. Absolutely. There has been significant attention to COVID-19 vaccines. What other vaccines are important for us to consider as we age? That's a great question. Something that we talk about. One of the things that we do on a regular basis, doesn't have to be every year, but should be something like that, is a, what do we call a wellness exam. And it's a time to talk about preventive medicine. So immunizations is one of those things we talk about. So uh, when you're uh, when you're in your 50 to 65 range, there are a few vaccines that come up. Um, nowadays, uh, the CDC, and I also recommend that we get, that everybody get a uh, flu vaccine. There's a lot of people who don't like those and don't want to get them because they've heard really bad things about them. But um, the flu vaccines are quite safe. Been, they've been studied a long time now. I've gotten a flu shot every year since 86. So I've got a lot of flu vaccines and I don't, if you can testify, I don't have three ears and I'm not, you know, having an arm dangling from my back or anything. And um, so the flu shots are a good idea. Generally, they come out in the fall, right around the time school starts. Um, once you turn 50, uh, men and women uh, are eligible to get the uh, shingles vaccine uh, called Shingrix. Shingles is a rash that comes from the old chickenpox virus you had back when you were a kid. And by the way, those who feel like they've never had chickenpox, it turns out if you study them, a study everybody who's never had chicken pox, 95% of them have. They just never realized that they had a pox or two in their hair somewhere and they never knew it. But they've got the chicken pox virus hiding them. And so the shingles vaccine, um, if you don't have, if you get shingles, um, you get a rash that's painful, lasts for uh, a week or for two or three weeks, and then it goes away. It's not a big deal. But the older you are over 60 and you get shingles, the more likely you are to have the rash go away in two or three weeks, but the pain to go on for months or years afterwards. That's what we're trying to prevent with the shingles vaccine. So 
Uh, getting a shingles vaccine is a good idea. It's not life-threatening for those people who are like, oh, I don't want any more vaccines than I have to. Well, okay, I'm, it's only pain. So if you get it, it's not the end of the world. Um, the pneumonia shot or Pneumovax uh, is, re- is recommended after you turn 65. If you have some medical problems like asthma or diabetes or heart disease, you should get it before that and then get your second one at age 65. But that's a good one to get. I do recommend it. Um, Lately here in Florida, there has been an outbreak of hepatitis A. It's not a common uh, outbreak in the United States, but for some reason it has been going on for about three years here. And uh, in the last year or two, the Florida Department of Health has recommended if you've never had a hep A vaccine series, you ought to probably get it. It's the kind of vaccine you get from contaminated food and water, so you don't have to be doing anything naughty to get it like some of the other hepatitises. Um, but uh, that's a good one to get. Tetanus is a vaccine that everybody should be getting about every 10 years, and certainly people over 50 should be getting that as well. Um, so that covers the vaccines pretty well, unless there's some really uh, big um, medical problems, and sometimes there's some additional things you need to get. But those cover most things. If you're traveling, there's also some other vaccines you should consider, depending on which country you're going to. All right. Well, you've already told us some things that we can do to stay healthy as we age, but what other tips that you can really give us in general that we can do? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there's the the things that we all know are the things that you need to do. And uh, those are the hardest things to do, though. Um, Getting regular exercise is a good thing. Um, And if you're just trying to keep heart healthy if you try to get the, um, the uh, uh, 10,000 steps a day, then that's going to give you good heart health. If you're trying to lose weight, you probably need to do more exercise than that. But I, we come back to, uh, the, so the, but the big four things that I talk about, um, and uh, anybody who's ever come in for a wellness exam, they know about the Dr. Morse's big four club. Uh, the first one is no drug use. Uh, it, the more illegal drugs you're using, the worse it is. Even medical marijuana, which is everybody's like, oh, yeah, this is cool. There's no problem with that. Well, no, there, we know there's problems with it. We just don't know how bad they are. There, I'm not saying there's no reason when you should ever use it. But if you have another option, then you probably ought not to. The one time I recommend uh, medical marijuana for people is if they have chronic pain. I would rather use medical marijuana than to use narcotics, opiates. Um, so drug use, I'm all in favor of not using those, uh, tobacco, uh, it's good not to use any tobacco at all. If you, if you use it, quitting it is one of the best things you can do. Number three is alcohol. Uh, we're finding out that, uh, even smaller doses of alcohol can be, uh, problematic for men. Uh, having three drinks in a day is considered heavy drinking. Uh, for women, it's two drinks a day is considered problematic, but, there was a big study done in uh, 2014 where they looked at 8,800 women and followed them for 30 years. And what they found was a surprise to everybody. They found that women who drink three to six drinks a week have a 13% increased risk for seven different kinds of cancers compared to non-drinkers, the biggest of which was breast cancer. Three to six drinks of alcohol is not a lot in a week. There's a lot of women out there going, three drinks? Yeah. It turns out three drinks could increase your risk for breast cancer. That's a big deal considering the fact that there's actually some decent science suggesting that if you have a glass of red wine every day, it actually reduces your risk for heart disease, but it may come at the expense of of, um, uh, breast cancer. 
or uh, some other kinds of cancers too. So drugs, tobacco, alcohol, the last of the big four is weight. That's the biggest one. It's the hardest one. 95% of my patients are overweight. That includes me. And uh, it is uh, one of the hardest things to do. And there isn't enough time in this podcast to talk about all the different things we have to talk about with weight loss. It is a very tough subject and no, and there's no easy answer. Uh, I don't have all the answers for it, but there's lots of discussion that we have with people about it sometimes, but that's the big four. Uh, Only about 3% of my patients have all four of those under control, by the way. So if you're there, you're like in an elite group. Tune in next week when we go deeper with Dr. William Morse.